What's up, everybody? Welcome to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. All right, y'all, we in a new studio. Yes, we are. Well, returning well, to the studio. Right, because like big things have happened since we've been gone forever. What are those big things? Um, you know, I kind of moved through whatever. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now. Return to your so home. We, Returned home. What? Return, yes, returned home. This is original home. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is second home, mm-hmm. but I'm back home again. How's it feel being back? Um, it feels okay. It feels um, it feels like I'm moving forward. I felt very stagnant in Atlanta, um, just because I lived so far out of the city. And yeah. so it was difficult to do stuff and like, so yeah, I just feel like I'm in a place now where I'll be moving forward and then just some other stuff that weren't not conducive for me. Was it's not for on. everybody's ears. Yeah. To, so, to know either. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's a, definitely up. a good thing. Well, welcome back to Philly. Thank you. I mean, Philly, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved uh, Atlanta when I went down there, but you weren't really in Atlanta. So there we go. Right. Yeah. I wasn't Um, in Atlanta. Philly, Philly has a, 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 I have a soft spot for Philly. I do too. Like I always talk shit about coming here or when I leave, I'm like, I'm never going back there. And like third time's a charm. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the Philly attitude though. Like we talk shit. On everybody, including our own city, but also like don't come for us, Cause, yeah, because that's Philly attitude, uh, wholeheartedly, <laughs> wholeheartedly. What uh, what else you got? What other updates you got going on? Um, still in school, still procrastinating as usual. You got the you wearing the branded shirt today for yeah. you, for you. Tell everybody what it say. <laughs> it says procrastinators, leaders of tomorrow. <laughs> so you brand it right at least. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm ge- I'm I'm gonna do better though. I have a um a paper that I need to work on. I didn't turn in the first portion of it, but I have a rough draft that I have to turn in on Sunday. So I'm gonna be turning that in. I'm gonna be working on that throughout this week. And so yeah, yeah. I've uh I've thought about going back to school. But yeah. Like fuck school. <laughs> like, For what, like journalism or something, communications. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's that's part of it. I, don't, I haven't exactly figured it out. Um, I wanted to study more law, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's just a one, ten, twenty years from now, maybe. Yeah, I mean, and then like there are other options besides getting your degree, like going to a college. There's so many options online that you can use. Skillshare, um, Coursera has mm-hmm. a lot of courses that you can pay for and get degrees in, and it's not as strenuous as college yeah um i'm getting my it was just college and getting my bachelor's was just uh, um it was a goal for me i know i didn't necessarily have to do it but it was just something that i wanted to do and so that's why i chose it it's taking me longer just because life happens yeah but um i'm not upset that i did it i'm not i, I wish i would have been able to go to a hbcu for sure yeah but i mean i'm 37 and you know life well yeah i just turned my birthday was a couple weeks ago i'm joking happy birthday happy belated birthday (laughs) thank you (laughs) um what about you what's going on with you uh so many things i think right now i'm i'm in the planning phases of like 
some spring and summer activity, mm-hmm. uh, both with work, with all my works, actually, um, with nonprofit, with the podcast as well, and then also um, my full time job with Color of Change. So I'm just like, oh, this is the this is you know this is the first time you've actually said is it really uh, yeah on air where you work. That's where I work. I mean, if y'all don't know, y'all ain't really paying attention. Y'all love me <laughs> if y'all know I work by now. I mean, we'll have new viewers, new listeners, True. I should say. True, new so, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I work color change um, as a as a um, as an organizer there. Um, and so like we're just we're planning some Black History Month things right now, um, some spring and summer activity. So right now it's really just kind of in the developmental stages of planning and figuring out like who I can collaborate with. It's 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 it takes it's taking a lot more than I thought because um, there's not a lot of original ideas mm-hmm. that people are coming with. Um, you know, the one thing that I notice about like a lot of this work that I've been doing is people just people show up and want to kind of be told what to do mm-hmm. uh, versus like collaborating together on like things to do. Um, and so that's forcing me to come to the table with and being more creative and then being comfortable being creative because like I'm not like. I don't look at myself as the most creative person mm-hmm. um, and like, you know, I don't, I don't, I always think my ideas are kind of half-baked sometimes. Um, I mean, but that's how ideas start. All true. ideas start out half-baked and very they true. have to be fleshed out. Very, very true. Um, so like it's forcing me to kind of like sit down and just like, yo, just own that weird idea that you have and kind of th- flesh it out and see where it kind of goes and even if it's not accepted you know like it could spark another idea and something like that so that's kind of where I or someone else can add to it to make it a a more full piece of work yeah so that's 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 where I'm at on the number of projects honestly um I'm going to be picking my book back up I plan on doing that yeah I had to put it down for a second but um I'm gonna I hadn't gotten that far in so I'm going to like start over because I have an, a different way of approaching it. What's your writing process like? P. Diddy stare off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a process. Mm. I just I'm still because I'm not a writer. Yes, you are. Like, um, why why I'm don't not, you call yourself a writer though? Well, because um, I've never really written anything before. I wrote the one piece that I wrote a year ago um, when I was going through some stuff. And, um, well, no, I'll, I'll say what I was going through because it's something that needs to be talked about. I think we need to not feel just uncomfortable with it. Um, I experienced a miscarriage. I my I was pregnant at the end, at the end of 2019. I found out at the beginning of December that my child had uh, anencephaly or the fetus had anencephaly, uh, which was uh, the brain didn't wasn't developing properly, and so I had to have a um, I had to have a procedure to have the the, the fetus removed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a DN. I had a DNE. There there are different processes, um, but. And so I wrote about that a couple months afterwards, right in the thick of 2020 happening. Um, And then, and so I wrote that piece and then I was like, okay, I I want to write more, um, but I wasn't sure of how to go about it. And then I let it go. 
And then I just, an idea popped up in my head one day and I felt something like it, it sparked some uh, a, a visceral feeling of in me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm, I want to write about this. And I started, but then I was going, I was like feeling, I was like going through depression and stuff like that. And so I had to put it down because it was giving me anxiety to have to actually like sit down yeah. and um, actually write on top of my schoolwork and then just feeling like crap. And so I just was like, I can't do this right now. So I put it on the back burner. And so I, and that's all to say, I don't have a process because I, why I say I don't feel like a writer because I've only written one piece and I'm not like trained in or anything. I haven't gone to like, I haven't taken any writing classes or stuff like that. And so there's this, uh, there's this book that I read, God, what year is this? 2021? I think I read it in 20 or, yeah, 20, maybe 2018, 2019, somewhere around there. Um, I'm trying to, I'm like looking up the name of it as you were talking. For some reason, I can't find it. Um, I think the author was, there it is. It's, uh, the author is Anne Lamott. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a white woman, full disclosure. So take it with a grain of salt. But it's a really good book. It's called Bird by Bird. And it was a book on like how to write basically. And Mm -hmm. like the, the, I read it and it was really, it's really funny actually. Um, like the book. Um, but the one thing that I got from it is like, cause I, I went through a process of like when I was writing things a lot more, I should say, I, it was very draining. Mm -hmm. And then, I would go through a period where like I couldn't do anything because it was so draining and I would try to force myself to like sit and like I would have periods where I would sit in front of the computer and nothing would come out. And so like one of the things, one of the things that like stuck with me from the book was just like write anything, Mm -hmm. like sit down, even if it's not related to the topic that you're trying to achieve, just write down the thoughts that are as they're coming into your head Mm -hmm. and any time allotted for you to write. And when I started doing that a lot more, I started realizing that when I was stuck, I was constantly coming back to, like, I would just write what was in my head and then it would bring me back to things that I actually wanted to write about. Mm -hmm. Um, Or sometimes I didn't do anything, but, like, looking at that later kind of brought me back to, like, you know, inspiration on other things like that. So it's a really, really good book on, like, getting out of your head and preparing to write. Because I think for a lot of folks that are writers, um, like that's just like that's the stumbling block is just like you're just in your you're in your own head trying to 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 get stuff out. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's exciting. I'm excited to see your book when you come out. Thanks. All right. um, Let's go on to our first segment. Actually, are we skipping this segment? Because I don't got nothing. I mean, it's not nothing. It's not anything really popping right now. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I ain't aware of nothing right now either. Honestly, our politics meets pop culture segment. Um, you know, we generally see that section or topic pop off a lot more when uh, when it's a big important race. Well, you know, or big race just happening in the in the in or big topic around something, but it ain't really nothing happening too too crazy in, in the realm of like celebrity and and politics right now not that i can think of i'm sure i can think of something if i rack my brain but if i have to think that hard it ain't worth mentioning that's my opinion oh no there is one thing i think that or that has uh must be mentioned with comes to politics and pop culture that 
Michelle Obama is a fucking force of nature. Like yeah. all she she didn't even have to show her face. Yeah. And she, she took made, over. She's like she's the shit. Yeah, that was pretty dope. The and at the uh, inauguration, she uh yeah, she literally just walked and it was like and showed her eyeballs. And it was and that know, was it. Shut down social media. That was it. That's all y'all need to talk about. Yeah. Don't come for her. Um, as I saw that one was the one meme was like um, watching uh, Mrs. Obama pull up and her husband. I was like, <laughs> like he wasn't the whole president. <laughs> Don't matter. <laughs> Does not matter. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to everything is local. Um, man, there's a lot happening in Philly right now. Like, other than the snow. Other than the snow, we're recording this. The, the Rec Philly opened up. Um, First day of reopening, there's a snowstorm. But we, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Fuck this. It's been a long time since we recorded. We need to get in the studio. Let's yes. record some stuff. Especially now that we're in the same city. I know. It's just making like, recording so much easier. Yeah. Um, but in spite of the, or despite the snowstorm, there's a lot going on in Philly. Um, first things first, you got, uh, where do I begin? So Philly schools, again, are talking about reopening. Um, and there's this huge scandal right now where, like, not almost a huge scandal, but par- a lot of parents and administrators are concerned with, like, the air circulation in the schools. Mm-hmm. As they should be. And they, uh, they, there's this picture, there's this meme going around where it's like, you know those fans that sit in, like, the little two-by-fours in the windows? Yes. They, they basically saying that's what they're using to circulate the air fluidly in the classrooms mm-hmm. um, and it just really looks like some hood rig shit oh hell yeah um so you got that going on you got this huge scandal with the vaccinations in this organization mm-hmm. in philly yes. philly fighting covid yeah um which i think actually i'll save that for our main topic because that shit is bonkers i was reading about that and i just i couldn't believe it that's like yeah, it, it was it was pretty it's pretty crazy. Um, but then you also got the report that came out recently with, um, you know, a really, really like brutal report against the mayor and the police commissioner mm-hmm. about how they handled the protests um, over the summer. And mm-hmm. they used chemical deterrence to kind of disperse the crowds on 676 and in West Philly. Um, yeah, that shit was wild. And like. There's so much shit going on. And I think all in Philly right now, I think for me, it just sums it up as just like, yo, Philly, like the elected people in the city of Philadelphia are trash. Like, you know, the majority of them are just trash, honestly. But you should run for mayor. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> oh, man. So mine is mine isn't necessarily Philadelphia centered. But it's the state, it's the Commonwealth overall. Um, the Secretary of the Commonwealth, um, I always forget how to pronounce her name, so I need to like look at it when I say it. Um, Kathy Bo- Bakfar um, is resigning from her post. Um, it's going to be in going to effect on February fifth, and she's resigning because um, she the their her office failed to advertise um, a, a proposed amendment allowing a two-year window for litigation of children from of people that were victims of sexual abuse as a child mm. and it's stemming from the um, the Catholic Church scandal mm. and she failed they failed to um, advertise it the way that they were supposed to and so now the law can't be revisited until 2023 wow 
And so she's resigning because of that. That's uh, I didn't hear about this one. This is news to me. Um, good riddance then. She she kind of she's I mean she's been sued by a number of different like progressive leaning organizations, especially last year. Um, I won't say she, but like the state, yeah, um, the Commonwealth uh, after like the election debacle. So like I don't know, if folks remember back in 2020, the primary had to be moved because of the coronavirus. It was initially supposed to be April, then it got moved to June, but then it was mail on ballot only, and they shut down like hundreds of like polling locations, and like basically people said it was a shit show and ended up suing the state over it. Um, so well, this, this is, is a completely one. this is just a another com- scandal. Yeah, completely separate from that. It has nothing to do with the 2020 election. She's just her office did not do what they were supposed to do with advertising this proposed amendment, and so because of that, she's going to resign. So what? Um, and what? she was already appointed to her seat. Like she wasn't voted in. She was appointed by when, Tom Wolf. Yeah. When was she? When is she resigning? You say February? What now? Uh, February fifth. Like, Friday. Oh, all right. That, that's, I was going to say, that's fine. I was going to say, I thought you went like late. I'm like, why don't you resign today, shorty? You go home now. Right. But I never no. understood that. Why officials be like, you know, I'm resigning. Like, like yeah. Elaine Chow. Let go. She said Just she go. was going to resign two weeks at, like two weeks later, like sis. Yeah. Like, go ahead. You go, can leave go, now. Go to Kentucky. <laughs> go to Kentucky Bye. with Moscow Mitch and get the fuck out of here. Like, why do you have to wait? Four days before you leave. I think uh, I think it's safe to say though we'll have to we'll have to really like I might have to to reach out to uh, somebody in in office so they're gonna have to come on and talk about like what the hell is happening in the city what's happening in the state because like honestly it's really been a shit show in Pennsylvania you know I know like Philly and PA got a lot of you know good news for turning blue and you know Philly came through strong with the votes and everything for last year but like. It's been crazy in this state lately. Like, there's been yeah. so much just nonsense with how they're handling coronavirus. And obviously, they don't get a lot of slack like some other states are doing. But, um, you know, from the crazy protest that happened in Harrisburg with folks marching up on the Capitol there to on the state level, like Republicans in the Senate were basically blocked a Democratic state senator from. from yes. Assuming getting sworn into office mm-hmm. because they just felt like he didn't win when he did. And a judge said um, that he won. <laughs> like there, there's a lot going on with like this judicial gerrymandering, which we'll have to cover in another topic on another episode. Because this is a re- we have a Republican legislature here, correct? We have a uh, we majority. have a Republican majority uh, legislature in in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and honestly, you know the the strongholds as far as like Democrats in the state is. Philly, Pittsburgh areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there, it's, and, and not saying that, like, de- Democrats are just like the best or anything, because, you know, well, in a lot of ways, I mean, Philadelphia shit. is a Democratic, has been a Democratic run city for decades. And look at the fuckery that's going on that's here. A, so. That's a conversation for a whole, that's a whole other <laughs> in depth conversation. But, like, to that, put the, I think the difference is, is like, because the Republican Party has shown themselves of late to be so sinister. Mm -hmm. Like, the city and the state is just... And then, like, the Democratic Party kind of runs on the old style of, like, you know, favor for a favor, you know, kind of politics. Like, it's just been ass in this, like, city and the state for a really, really long time. And it's just, like, the norm now. Like, it's just normal for shit just to be fucked up here. Like, and people just expect it not to be done well. It's been normal, though. Like, it's, it's been this way for as long as even with me not being in the state and coming and going like 
nothing has nothing has really changed. Yeah. It's the same fucked up ass state as when I left when I was twelve. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. Enough shitting on Philly and PA for for a hot second. We probably shit on them, but a don't later. come. But don't come for us though. Don't come for us though. Yeah, we'll we'll we ain't having it. All right, we'll be right back after a really quick short break. Here at Salah's Corner, I am always looking to connect with new people, hear new perspectives, and share new stories. And right now, I want to hear from you. Email me at realtalk@salahscorner.com, and we can get your story featured on our next episode. All right, welcome back. Um, so today's topic, as everybody saw in the opening... Or if you download this episode, you'll be able to see the topic. Um, uh, you know, this question kind of formulated in my mind after some of our previous episodes. And if you haven't checked them out, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we talked about um, the pervasiveness of social media and, and is like, what's the bigger problem, you know, with social media and how, you know, people or kind of the builders of that technology um, and kind of like we are the problem. You know, we talked a little bit about how like some of these tech companies are just kind of pervasive. And it really brought me to this this point. And I think it's a really interesting time to have this conversation in, in the realm of like what's happening in the world mm-hmm. where you got um, this crazy thing going on with the stock market. Have you have you like been up to date on that? Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for folks who don't know, um, the there there's this huge i mean i'm I'm sure everybody knows but to like summarize really quickly uh a bunch of folks a bunch of hedge funds decided to short a stock a game stock which basically means they were betting against them they were betting against you know their failure that projected them to 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 fail um the folks on this subreddit got wind of it and decided to pour all their money into game stock stock um the same thing also happened for with amc but because there was a drastic difference in the GameStop stock, that one has started to boom. And now, like, there's all of this drama around that related to the stock markets and people equating that to, like, the economy might crash, which it's not. Um, and it just got me, like, thinking through this idea of, like, how we engage in this capitalistic mindset yeah. in America and particularly in the black community. Um, and so, like, I really just, like... I really wanted to have like a like a broken down discussion on should black people be promoting capitalism because we have never truly been able to benefit from that system. Um, and like, is it because not enough people buy into it? Is it because the systemic system itself is just set up to be against us? Or is both capitalism and the existence of white supremacy kind of working in tandem together and like we should find ways to abolish both of them. Like I have all of these thoughts that go that swirl in my head um, as it relates to to kind of capitalism. And I think it can go a lot of different directions. It can go a lot of different um, ways. But I just want to open it up to you to get like your perspective of like, you know, starting with that basic question of should black people promote capitalism? And when I mean promote capitalism, I mean um like fight for its policies, the policies behind capitalism that keep it keep it in, like yes, in a broader perspective, okay. but more in a individual perspective of like, um, 
you know, I see a lot of folks on social media, um, more so on social media, and sometimes with folks that I meet face-to-face, they promote this mindset of, like, I work hard to get here, and the next person has to work that hard. And if because you don't work that hard, that's why you fail. Like, right, this capitalist Mm -hmm. mindset of, Mm -hmm. like, only the strong survive. Mm Yet we know that's not that's never the case in right. in American business. Um, it's not only the strong survive; it's those who have the most privileges and given the most opportunity and financial, whatever. Mm-hmm. So promoting it from the sense of just truly believing in the idea that that's going to be the thing that saves Black people, but also promoting the policies for self gain as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on just like? how black people promote and believe in capitalism. So to answer some, to, to speak to something you said before, because I'm going to get to that. I do think the economy has a possibility of crashing, but it has nothing to do with the stock market. Right. It's because Agreed. they're not putting m- enough money in people's pockets Agreed. to push, to get out of this, the, the, the nonsense of this pandemic. So those two things are, have nothing to do with each other, but I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, should black people promote capitalism? I think the way that black people engage with capitalism, us as a community, is very different, um, especially now, just with the climate that we live in and the level of awareness that black people have when it comes to, um, you know, starting businesses and, um, you know, buying black and, and things of that nature and, and building the black, building black buying power within our own community. I I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of, you know, oh, black people don't support black people and, you know, the customer service needs to be this, that I'm I'm not going there. That's a whole nother type of conversation. But overall, we support our own community, um, our own businesses in a way that we haven't been doing in a very long time, which I think is great. And we, but we also allow other people within that same avenue to um to flourish as well like there's plenty of money out here for everybody and we we're supporting each other in a much different way um i think than um the standard capitalists think of business Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like because i make soap i make soap and bath products but i also know that there are a lot of other black people black businesses out there who make soap and bath products so if i don't have what you need then I'm going to say, okay, well, you know, look up this person, look up that person on social media or Etsy or whatever platform that you use or their own website. They make this. Oh, I don't make that product, but they make this. So go there and buy them. You know, so we, the, I think the way that we engage with capitalism is different than the way white supremacist capitalism looks. Right. So I think that's the difference for us. But how do you distinguish the two? Because we're still operating like. I mean, we have to operate within the system, right? Because that's the system. So you have to operate within the system. But that doesn't mean that you have to use the same tactics when dealing with ourselves. But we do. We absolutely do. And I mean, and, but but not entirely, though. Right. True. True. But and, 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 and I agree with you. I, I, I'm definitely not one to this, subscribe to the idea that like black people don't support black businesses. I think that's completely false. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is, is that 
we aren't given the same opportunities. Well, yeah, that's a to, whole nother to even have those businesses. But right. that's that's a part of that whole it is. capitalist mindset of like a perfect example. This is a perfect segue into what I mentioned earlier about this whole Philly fighting COVID mm-hmm. nonsense. It, it, it is because. <laughs> When you, I, 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 we, I always bring come full circle with my, my crazy thoughts. But it also, it also, just to, just really quick, it also um, has something to do with, you know, what I was talking about um, earlier with my updates where I'm talking about writing a book. Like that, the mm-hmm. book market of, especially self published books, is saturated, especially saturated by black authors. Mm-hmm. But from, with, especially in the forums that I'm in, those, uh, those black authors support each other as well. Like, because you don't have to be, you don't have to have a major book deal to make money. A hundred percent agree. And th- th- I and just I, wanted to mention that, add that in on to what you were about to say. Yeah. And that actually, that actually, you know, helps me kind of solidify my point even more of like, I, I, I see and, and benefit from black people supporting what other black people are doing Mm -hmm. specifically because we want to see ourselves succeed. Right. But when we are operating in a system of white supremacist capitalists, right? Like there, if, if there's only $20 in our circle that's circulating with each other, like our, our success is only hitting that $20 mark. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there's a billion dollars circulating in, 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 in an access to, um, a capitalist structure that we aren't getting the same access to, right? Mm-hmm. Should we be talking more on t- dismantling capitalism as it is? Because time and time again, we are we are not benefiting from this, even though they keep giving us a pea at a time, a slice, a little slice at a time, right? And changing the rules and making it harder for us to to participate, you know? Or should we like? find more ways to kind of pull more pieces of that pie. I want to talk about that like Philly fighting COVID thing really quickly mm-hmm. because that whole thing is just fucking bonkers. It's a shit show. Like there's so many levels to how problematic it is and to summarize really quickly um, the city of Philadelphia, the, the health commissioner gave contracts out to organizations to help disperse uh, the COVID vaccine. One of the largest and one of the first contracts that went out was to an organization led by a 22-year-old CEO with no medical Triple experience. Threat. Triple threat CEO. <laughs> yeah, whatever the fuck that means. 22 years old with no medical experience and no large experience running some type of operation like this gave him one of the first contracts to run a COVID vaccination set up out of the fucking convention center. Yeah. One of the largest convention centers on in the state if I if I remember correctly from my from my hospitality days, right? So, you know, And th- to th- give some quick context and background on um Philly fighting COVID, they initially started um making um 3D printing face shields. So that's how the organization started. Mm-hmm. Um it um started out as a nonprofit making face shields and donating them to hospitals. And so that was their initial introduction of why they were supposedly why they were created. Um, right. And then they ventured somehow <laughs> into well, this vaccine so world. I just what, wanted to give that little piece of information. Yeah. Yeah. So and then what, what ended up happening was they, they you know, the, the deputy um, health care commissioner 
ended up reaching out to two organizations because um, she just resigned just, just a few days ago mm. and told them As the amounts should. that they needed to bid for for these organizations for for this contract to disseminate the vaccine. Yet one of the first and largest was given to this organization. Mm-hmm. And it just like it just blows like to be fair. The two organizations she reached out to was Philly Fighting COVID, led by this 22-year-old white boy, and the Black Doctors Consortium. So on its face, you know, it's not, I'm not necessarily saying that she was a player in, um, you know, making sure that white people benefited. But, like, why were they even at the table in this conversation? Yeah, Philly is the largest city in the state of Pennsylvania with millions of residents— you know, if I believe close to two million residents, why are we trusting the first set of vaccinations going to this newly founded organization that just was founded last year that has in 2020 no expertise. that grew out of just the start of this pandemic? And it just like blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, regardless of the, the good things that they may have been doing leading up to that. Nothing about that says that this organization should be get one of the and first the whole, and largest. The whole the whole organization is just shady anyway. It is. The, their board is shady as fuck. Like everything about this organization is fucking shady. So what ended up happening was um, you know, some scandals came out because he the this the CEO, this twenty two year old guy, ended up taking some of the vaccinations home to vaccinate his friends um, because he felt that he said that he tried to give out the vaccines to folks, but he couldn't find anyone to give it to. So he took it home and gave it to his friends. Um, why his friends couldn't come get the vaccines? I don't know. Um, you know, and I get the, I get the not wanting to throw the vaccinations away, right? You want to be able to use it. Um, but I mean, but why can't they, again, why can't they, can't they come to, to where you were doing the vaccinations, right? Mm-hmm. To make it, transparent right right? like or why wasn't there a call out to other folks other than your friends right to get this vaccination right it just seems shady and one of the reasons why he probably shouldn't have been given this opportunity to begin with and it just you know it speaks to it's not it no because then they also changed from a non-profit organization (laughs) to a private company right um there is there has been a lot of accused accusations back and forth over whether they were making their their the information that they were collecting on individuals private or public. Mm-hmm. That has yet to be determined. I think the biggest thing is because you are now a private company, you have that ability to do so. Whereas as a nonprofit, you don't, and you didn't let the city know. So the city ended up pulling Sup- their contracts. Supposedly, right? <laughs> but like, why did they have the contracts to begin with? Yeah. From every from face value, just and, hearing about this organization, this doesn't sound like an organization that should have gotten these contracts to begin with. Mm-hmm. And as the, the but that speaks to going back to what I was talking about from a capitalist mindset of like those opportunities don't come to us like that. Yeah. You know, they don't come to to black communities. They go specifically to white communities without even like a second thought. Like for them, it's very normal. Mm -hmm. That would have been very abnormal for me to start an organization and apply for that and get it. Right. Like they that well, what what makes you qualify? Right. I would have to jump through all of these hoops. And Mm -hmm. it and it like makes me think of like if this is the system that we're operating in from a capitalist mindset. And, yeah, I know it's a nonprofit organization, but at the end of the day, they're getting a paycheck. That's going into their pocket. Oh, yeah. Right? And like, the way that the nonprofit world works. Individuals still profit from it. Right. It's, not ve- it's very easy for 
these organizations to siphon money from them and put into their to their own pockets. So the question then goes back to if this is the system that we keep operating in where folks like this are getting opportunities that we would be questioned over. I, I mean, and honestly, in you know, full faith, if this was a black person, like I actually believe he would have been arrested by now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and trying to in charge with some type of misdemeanor or or, some you know, kind of accused fraud of fraud. Yeah. Right. Like I 100 percent fully believe he would have been charged with something by now. And so, like, if this is the system. Why should we even be promoting capitalism? Should we be having broader conversations on how we dismantle capitalism Mm -hmm. versus how do we change capitalism to work for us? What do you think? Yeah, um, I think that is a valid point. I think you have a valid point um, and a valid question. I also think, though, that just like everything else, we have to do both of those things simultaneously. Like, it's the same conversation with people and should black people be engaged in politics? Mm. Politics is, is is the way that it is right now, and until it changes, this is the this is the the realm that we have to operate in. That doesn't mean that you don't change it. That just means you operate within the system while simultaneously doing your best to change it. And so I think we have to look at capitalism in that same manner. Like we exist in this space. Is here. These are the options that we have to make money. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to build wealth in our communities. So we have to use this system in order to do that. But we can also, which and I think what we're doing, we're, we're amplifying our black, our, the black dollar and creating our own spaces where, you know, that traditional capitalistic view isn't the, the mold. And we're creating our, our own mold. And so I think that while I, I don't while I don't disagree with you, I think that we have to just be we have to be pragmatic. We have to understand we have to live in the system, but while also doing our best to dismantle it and and, and make something that's better. And I felt I felt like that with with this situation, um, uh, capitalism and, and as a whole, I feel like that with politics. Um, yeah. And it, but it, it also speaks to the whole stock market thing, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Because. You know, I'm all for what they're doing with the, this GameStop shit. Like, oh, burn this yeah. shit the fuck I down. I got me some AMC stock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in stocks right now. I was in stocks. I had to pull out. I had to, um, you know, I, can't, I I couldn't keep my money in. Um, I had other things to do that I needed to do with it. I made me a couple dollars, you know what I'm saying? And I pulled out. Um, but I plan on getting back into it. But I didn't want to get into it just for this. Mm. Um, I wanted to to be much more thought out. But I mean, if other people wanted to do that, then cool. Like, cause me and my girlfriends, we have a a, um, a thread that we're always talking about stocks and you know what's going on with what, and I'm all for it. But we also have to understand that this is working now. They're going to change the rules. Is this shit ain't going to work forever? And so, while working within the system, getting your bread. We got to realize that they're going to change the rules, so we got to get the people in that we need to enforce different things and, and change the system. So I just feel like um, I think your anger is valid, and I think that we have to work the system while working in it. There's a uh, I have a I have a broader like 
question that I go back and forth in my head on on this is a conversation for another day, by the way. But like, what does that coalition look like to make that change happen? Is it bringing more black people on board? Or is it a multiracial coalition? Because I think because that's it's so how large, you bring the, the the other folks in. Because like the, the I, I, when you when you talk about like changing the system and like they're going to change the rules, that's literally what happened. So with this whole stock thing, they you know the the different apps and stock markets. The, oh yeah, the, there's the a class the Robinhood app stopped. Mm-hmm. sell on yeah. GameStop, AMC, uh, there were a few others, Nokia, um, BlackBerry, to prevent mm-hmm. the, sh- the, you know, it, it from, you know, from growing, from, from it growing um, to protect the hedge funds in their short position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, by and large, yes, I know there was a lot of individual players that were, you know, into the stock market and were buying that stock. I think it's safe to say that a lot of them were white folks, right? And so, oh yeah, I mean, it started on Reddit, right? Right. Don't don't black people on Reddit too, though. It's funny. I had this whole conversation at work about like I guess with my one. I of know my... shit about Reddit, <laughs> except that I'm I just he- I just hear it and it just. I had a uh, I had an interesting conversation with our like one of my bosses. Like they were in the comments on Zoom. Like I didn't really even know black people on Reddit. Black people definitely on Reddit, but like. That's a perfect way of bringing that multiracial coalition into the fold. Like, listen, because I mean, it has one to the... be though, right? Because we're only thirteen percent of the population. We can't do this shit on our own. It is impossible. We can't do it. That's why I say we, this, this is a conversation ha- for another. We day. have to bring in other people in order to in order to 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 rage against the machine. Like, we, you have to. The question is though, is like, where do they fit in? And don't you know, don't answer that because I'm gonna. I don't I'm know a, the answer. I'm gonna. <laughs> because like yes they should be they should be brought in but how do you do it in a way that doesn't disenfranchise black voices Mm -hmm. because they are the pain points of that of of this like of this this problem um even though there are different aspects of it that affects white communities that affects women that affects other you know minority. i think the way you do that the way you do it is very simple listen to black women (laughs) <laughs> that's not but that's not you can't just say that to white people though why not because they don't listen oh, that's well, not that doesn't that, but that, but then that's what i mean you see what i'm saying like that's not them I mean, building I, okay. that 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 multi-racial coalition well then they need to learn to listen <laughs> i agree that's i 100 listen to black women i 100 agree um i just want to throw this out there uh this statistic that i that i that i uh pulled up as we were kind of talking about this to kind of paint that picture of like how capitalism has not ever worked for black people mm-hmm. um, and how you, you know, depending on the study that you find on with the statistics of these numbers, the numbers may, may vary slightly, but it's pretty like accurate. The uh, average lifespan um, of the dollar is approximately 28 days in Asian communities. Mm-hmm. Um, 19 days in Jewish communities, 17 days in white communities, and six hours yep. in black communities. Yep. Six fucking hours. You know who told hours. me that? You know where I learned that from? Where? I learned that from uh, Killer Mike. Yeah. On Netflix. He a little, I'm, I'm like, anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. 
<laughs> the he, show he is funny. Some, he says some crazy, crazy shit on there. Um, it's it's, he's a, he's it's a, funny. He's an interesting, interesting. We'll have to have a conversation on like the the black radicals mm-hmm. that's out there. He's definitely um, a the black, black radical. radicals and black activists. I love it there. though. I'm here for um, it. I'm for it. I'm definitely for it. Um, but anyway, I think that that just kind of you know again painting the picture of like we and and that's not saying that because we don't spend the dollar in black businesses it's just that the black businesses aren't given the chance to be successful mm-hmm. like they're just not yeah um you know and like and I, I think what i think what bothers me is when you see different folks interact on social media is that there is a narrative that black people don't support black businesses or black businesses are a joke Mm-hmm. That's one narrative that really, really bothers me, um, because if you if if you think and see an area that they are struggling with, then like invest in them. Right. Um, if you be actually believe to... in black businesses, right. But then there's this other narrative of like, like I said earlier, if you aren't successful, it's because you aren't enough, or you aren't strong enough, or you're not smart enough, or you're not working hard enough, and like you need to be, you know, one leg running a marathon. With bullet holes in your back, right? Always, and that's running. how you're right, and Never and it's stopping. just like, but like that's not. It's not sustainable. That's not su- that's not sustainable. But like, it's also, not why the fuck would you want anybody to go through that? Right. Like, why don't you want the next person to have it easier than you had it? Right? Isn't that the point of kind of like I think, building this ecosystem? I think that's a um that's a that's a symptom of white supremacy. Absolutely, and it's a, it's a specific system of Western white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Because in Europe, like all of those countries, like they don't they don't have the same work ethic as they do. And I won't even say Western. I'll say specifically the United States, because even in Canada, they don't treat their people that way. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's a very specific symptom of American society, white supremacy, because other nations give their people health care, right? They give their people time off. They give their people, you know, paternity and maternity leave, um, you know, all of those things. So um, I think that that's a, a very American problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. And, you know, it's this, it's this mindset in America of the like model American dream, but like it wasn't explicit and it should have been, um, and I think it's becoming more explicit with each passing day that, like, the the American dream, the motto of the American dream, the nuclear family, the mm-hmm. white picket fences, was really made for white people. Yeah. Um, and for everybody else who fails to get it, it's because of a character flaw. Mm-hmm. It's because of a racial flaw, right? And in a lot of ways, you know, you know, the one argument that I have against black people in this is that, like, we have to find new ways of not perpetuating that same mindset um, and and understand that the stumbling block isn't because black people aren't enough. The stumbling block is because there is a system strategically created for us not to benefit. Have, right. Have the same level of equity. That as as most other ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Um, any last thoughts on that? Um, listen to black women. That's it. That's all. 
All right, I'm going to leave it there. That's all I'm going <laughs> to no, say. No, I mean, um, no, I, I completely agree with you. I definitely think that that's something that um, black Americans are learning to flesh out. And I mean, I won't say just black Americans. I'll say um, any black person that comes to this continent, right, and has been here for a while and understands the plight of black Americans that we're just learning as a diaspora because we're allowed to be so connected now in a way that we weren't before. Mm-hmm. Um, we're learning, to, we're learning to create our own space that we always have. We're learning to um, expand that space and make it a much more conducive, safer place for us. And we're carving our own path and expanding it to, um, to make sure that we're okay. Yeah. And so I, I think um, that that's that's happening. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think we have nothing but good things to come. I'm going to I'm going to pose this question to to folks that's listening out there. Um, email me at realtalk at dot com. Should black people promote capitalism? Flat out. Answer that question. Feel free to at me. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at the last corner. I really am, I might even put like a poll up in my in my stories. I'm very, very curious of and like, don't just be like, yes or no. Like, tell me why. Tell me why you think that way, um, whether you think we should or you shouldn't or, you know, it should be a two pronged approach like Farah says, where you should be working to change the capitalist structure while dismantling it at the same time. At me, y'all. At <laughs> me. Should black people promote capitalism? All right. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back with some whack asses of the week. Whew. Hey, everybody. I know throughout this pandemic, everyone has been saying we're all in this together. Well, here at Salas Corner, I want to really hear from you and what you're enduring during this pandemic. Give us a call and leave us a voice memo, and we'll play that on our next episode of Salas Corner. That number is 267-225-5891. Share with me your thoughts, your feelings, things that you're doing to survive during this pandemic, and you'll get your memo featured on the next episode of Salas Corner. All right, welcome back with our Whack Asses of the Week. Um, and they're pretty whack this week. They are pretty, pretty whack. Um, who should who should go first, me or you? Um, I'll go first, I guess. All right, what you got? Um, so my whack ass of the week um, is Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. He is the whack ass of the week to me because, well, I mean, he, he's always in the running. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Manchin is always yeah. in the running for yeah. whack ass of the week. He's uh he's basically Republican light. Mm-hmm. He's a Democrat, but he's a conservative. He's a Democrat in name only. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not he's not a rhino. He's a dino. <laughs> what makes him whack ass this week? What makes him whack ass this week is the fact that him and Kristen Cinema, who is the senator uh, one of the senators from Arizona, had a conversation with Mitch McConnell the Grim Reaper, and promised not to vote to end the filibuster. And I think that's fucking whack as shit because Mitch McConnell has run with an iron fist over the Senate for the last 12 years. And for them to do that while the the party says they're attempting to make these big, bold changes to the country 
I think is a slap in the face to every Democrat who fought tooth and nail to get progressives um, and to win the majority. I, and I, I just think that he just needs to cut the, cut the shit, switch parties, and just, just, just go. Like, just go. The way that the party is changing, he doesn't fit here anymore. And that's okay. Like, if yeah. you don't fit, that's all right. But I think it was really shady of him to give that type of guarantee to Mitch McConnell when he knows Mitch McConnell gives zero fucks when he's in power about what is done. So why in the fuck would you do that now that Democrats are holding power and could possibly only have it for two years? Like, there's a possibility that we will lose in two years because there are a lot of seats up. Mm-hmm. In a couple of years, Mark mm-hmm. Kelly is going to be up again in two years. Yeah. Um, Raphael Warnock is going to be up again in two years. There's a lot of other seats up in two years. So it's like, come the fuck on. Like, we have a lot of bigger things to do than worry about the filibuster, which something that was never originally in the Constitution in the first fucking place. There's a uh, there's a good chance that um, Democrats are going to end up back in the minority. Yeah. In 2022. I believe I believed um, it before we even got the majority. I knew that even if we got it. We could lose it again in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I've long thought that uh, Joe Manchin was a is a whack ass in my book. Honestly, we really need to West Virginia. I need y'all to West Virginia uh, needs to do better. I need y'all to find somebody uh, to to replace Joe Manchin. But to trash. give to give people some context of exactly what the filibuster is, the filibuster was created in the early 1900s. Um, it was um, created to give so that the majority of the Senate would agree. Um, to move on with debate as opposed to staying in a debate. You have to get a supermajority, which is 60, 60 votes, to, to move on in debate to create legislation. And that's why the filibuster was created, to basically like keep people in check and, mm-hmm. to, to, and you know, to have this supermajority as opposed to just majority rules for everything else. It's just like the fucking electoral college. Like, it's just a way, it's a, it's a stopgap to try and force people who are in power to not be able to enact their own legislation. Yeah. And so that's why the filibuster was created. It was never originally in the Constitution in the first place. Um, And it was used a lot, actually, to disenfranchise black people. Um, That's why it was fucking created in the first place, to be quite honest. And so the the goal is to get rid of the filibuster so that it can just be a simple majority rule to say the majority of this body does not want to have this conversation anymore we're done with debate let's 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 go ahead and vote as opposed to having to get other people along with it it's like the majority wants to move on so mm-hmm. let's just fucking move on imagine uh, imagine that majority rule in a democracy and so a white woman <laughs> and a white man have decided to spit in the faces of black people <laughs> and uh, make a deal fuck with the devil. Fuck y'all $1,400 checks. Right. That and, was supposed to be 2000 And make a deal with the devil. Yeah. And um, so that's why Joe Manchin, and actually Kristen Sinema can join in on that shit too, um, but Joe Manchin has long been a problem yeah. in the Democratic Party. He's been whacked for a, for a while. Kristen Sinema is working her way in there. Yeah. For sure. She has only been in office for two years now. But um, she's working on being the next Joe Benjamin. Um, That's a good one. He's been a whack-ass for very long. I have not liked him for a long time. So not that's a good one. Very, very, very good long one. time. Thanks. 
Um, mine is a little more local, um, which is governor, Democratic governor. I want to highlight that. Um, Phil Murphy. So this dude. So back in November, um, on the ballot in New Jersey, they passed legalizing marijuana. So the, they are no longer charging folks who are 21 and over with possession of marijuana okay. um, and will are supposed to be working on legislation to to, you know, essentially make it retail as well. Mm-hmm. Well, the governor has yet to sign it into law. Um, every time legislation is passed to kind of put forth, he sends it back and says it needs more work. Um, <laughs> resulting in this again, this was passed in November during the election to date two months later, 4,000 people have still been arrested for a small possession of marijuana. That's um, ridiculous. Now they, they, it's crazy stupid. Um, now he, he did put a moratorium on weed prosecutions. So they're not facing jail time, like long-term jail time. But it's on their record as an arrest. It's on a record of the arrest. It's also it's messing immoral. up their life, it's, right? It's fucking Imagine immoral. you driving with marijuana and you on the way to work and you get pulled over and get arrested. You might've lost your job. Mm-hmm. You might not be able to pick your kid up. You like there's so many so many variables variables and ramifications because he is failing to do this, um, and so he gets my whack ass because we already know that those uh, arrests are predominantly black people. Of course. Um, so four thousand people being arrested, which means there's likely four thousand people whose life has been thrown to shambles because he has yet to sign the legislation that was put forth and then passed by both. Chambers in in New Jersey, but he felt as though it wasn't clear enough on who it protected and what it did, and he sent it back. And it's kind of been at a standstill since then. Um, he's that's, trash. That's that's actual trash to me. That's, like, that's fucking actual whack. trash. That's whack as um, fuck. You know, you you actually have law on the books now that you can pass to protect folks from getting arrested. Um, yet you're doing nothing. And you can even probably take it a step further and, you know, have a moratorium on making the initial arrest to begin with mm-hmm. um, for, for small possession, regardless of if they're 21. But you won't do that either. Um, so Phil Murphy gets my whack ass of this. I think this is an interesting week because we are equal opportunity whack as givers. <laughs> and so the Democratic Party is getting it this week. And they deserve yeah. it. I mean, I've long I, listen. I'm, I, I, this is what I'm going to say. I, I've been following politics for a long time, and I would say the one thing that happened in 2008 that I think a lot of people need to learn a lesson from is that when Obama got into office, people thought it was going to be smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that his policies were good or bad or anything like that. It's just that pressure still needs to be applied because you ain't going to know everything that I want mm-hmm. just because you're, you're, you know, you're in office and you, I may have voted for you. You ain't going to know everything I want. And, and we I also need to may not agree on that. how to get there. Either. Exactly. And so the pressure continuously needs to be applied. And I think we'll see a lot more of it being applied to Democrats um, because y'all need to buck up. Like really, y'all really need to, y'all said y'all was going to do all of these things. You said you was going to call for, um, you know, um, uh, getting rid of student loan debt. You said you was, people was getting $2,000 checks. All of this stuff. Well, like none of that has happened yet. 
you know, um, take bold actions and bold decisions and the people will probably reward you part getting of the back reason, into office. Part of the reason why it hasn't happened yet, too, is because of Joe Manchin. When another party takes over, there's a process of transfer of power, essentially, mm-hmm. in the same way that it is for the presidency. Mitch McConnell wouldn't agree. And so his the Republicans who were the the chairs of these committees were still running the fucking committees. Mm-hmm. And they weren't able to put any legislation through because these chairs were still running these committees and they were still running them because Mitch McConnell wouldn't give up the power because he doesn't want to get rid of the filibuster. Yeah. And it's just like you like there there are you're still... hindering people's progress and you're hindering people's lives. I agree. And there are still other ways that Democrats can push the effort. There are like ways around. Um, there's like this weird period in legislative process in the beginning of the year where they can actually put forward some of these things, but they haven't shown that they'll do that. And, and honestly, especially the way Joe Biden has been talking, he's sounding like he's like trusting that Mitch McConnell was going to come through and is going to be willing to, to do things. And it's like, Democrats need to get, they need to get it. They need to get it together. Like y'all got to fight. Y'all got to fight. They need a backbone. They need a backbone. And they don't have it. And it's fucked up because when Mitch McConnell takes power, if and when he takes power in 2022, he's going to be unrelenting. Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. he, and everyone knows, he's block and he says it, he yeah. doesn't give a fuck about anything that Democrats want. So I, I think that, and, you know, to put the folks into perspective, a lot of, a lot of like, and, and this is a real, like, you know, this is a terrible job, I think, for a lot of journalists in the national media who've been talking about this lately. They're talking about like, oh, well, Joe Biden has relationship with, you know, the senators because he served in the Senate. He has a relationship with Lisa Mitch McConnell. Mikowski I'm sorry, but did people. he not have that relationship in 20 from 2008 to 2016 when Obama was president? Yeah. Did we not see records passed when Mitch McConnell took over in 2010 for the least amount of legislation mm-hmm. that was passed? Broke records year after year when Republicans and took over. And he was the president of the Senate. He, right. Didn't he have that relationship then? So what was the difference? Like, do we think that Mitch McConnell just suddenly just had a change of heart or something? This is the same man that you was working with when Obama was in office. Why Why are you talking like things are going to get different? The Democratic Party is so frustrating because it's like they have amnesia for what took place Back when Obama was office. They want to be the good guys like, so bad that they don't like, want to no, do what it takes. to put, push the policy forward that the people actually want to see that you said you were going to do when people voted for you. And I guarantee you more people will reelect you next time. That's right. really what it boils down to. Right. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap it up, y'all. Thank you. As always, feel free to. Again, I want to know some of y'all burning questions as it relates to should black people promote capitalism i'd be interested me. to see what i'm curious as well um make sure y'all email me at realtalk at salascorner.com i want to thank my co-host farah for oh, always being here with thank me you, thank Salas you thank corner is recorded out of rec philly it is a space for creatives to flex their creative muscles and it's produced by the amazing reina and until next time remember at me y'all email me at realtalk at salascorner.com peace y'all burr, 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 burr.